Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the Marketing Minds at DConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peak. We're always here, and it's episode 90. Becca's here this week. It's me a wow. fun little episode. It's me awesome. Is it, is it really 90? I can't believe 90. it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We're we to 100. Thais, like, she, for the last month or two, she's like, what are we doing for 100? What are we doing? What are we doing? And I'm like, it's so far away. And now it will be the are. last one, right? Are we just going to 100? Most of my favorite no. podcasts have, have ended either right before they hit 100 or at 100. It's pretty, okay. pretty interesting, actually. You like add like um, a chapter. Like uh, the only one that comes to mind is like Gary V. He keeps changing. It's the same thing over the years, but he just has a different series, but he has a different name for it. We could have a different name for 100 through 150. The ask uh, we can stop at 102. Show. I'm okay if we stop at 100. 100. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> All right. That's so lovely. Let's oh, hop man. into story time. Who wants to go? Ooh, ooh. ooh I can go. go. Yeah. It first. is new community season. So I yeah. have been working on landing pages left and right. Okay. So it's been super busy. And if you're not using a social ad that points to a landing page that sends that information into lasso hmm, might be time to think about that yeah you can't have you can't have these huge numbers of leads coming in and and have a manual process yeah no or an import export going on for sure oh uh, yeah no no what have been your favorite types of communities that have been launching have you seen any, i guess have you seen anything more interesting like wow i'd want to live here can we move or has it been or even the opposite, like, wow, this looks like a not so fun place to live. So I've been seeing Without a lot more with even less information. So okay. everybody's starting so a little with... bit earlier okay. with new community in this area, and that's it. Interesting. Ah, some pretty pictures. Those still work though. Like they still convert. They work great. Um, <laughs> that actually makes me really excited that people are getting <laughs> more ahead of the game. Hopefully, their time frame is still not like they're launching in two weeks and they're giving you nothing. Hopefully, like you're saying, they're starting earlier in the process yes. with, with less, which is a totally okay to yes. do. Yeah. They're definitely starting earlier. They're planning ahead and then they're kind of, they have goals for how big they want their list to be. Mm-hmm. And they're giving plenty of awesome. time to marinate those lists and ads. So we can build I up like to the amount of people. I like that word marinate. <laughs> well, because if you think about it, you if you say you are marinating something or mm-hmm. pickling something like a cucumber, like you can't rush it. Like you can't be like, oh, I'm going to put more mm-hmm. vinegar and sugar in the, the can for the, the pickle. Like it just the only thing that you can't yeah. rush it is add what? Something that starts with a P. <laughs> I have no Crusher. idea. Sure. Pressure, <laughs> pressure. Like you, you can, uh, you can yeah. put it in yes. a pressure cooker. You know, okay, you can add pressure yeah. to something and do and make it marinate faster. But who wants extra pressure or stress in their life? Right, might no, blow your no face one. off with the might, might kill you. Might take all the money in your budget. Right. Um, I feel like the market has enough pressure in it already with things going so quickly. Well, I, I have a hunch that's why you're seeing so many get an earlier start. Is a lot of builders they're just running out of what they have, so they don't have much of a choice but to promote everything that's coming soon. Because otherwise, marketing department should just go on holiday. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So get paid. Go on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow, someone go somewhere. Awesome. Yeah. That's and, yeah. Very cool. Andrew, you got anything? 
Yeah, I have, I have one. It's more of a conversation. I had a call recently with a, a newer marketer to a builder. Like they were just recently hired. And this was her, I think it was her third or fourth week. Mm-hmm. And so we went over like a lot of different things. She was familiar with, with how everything works, but just not with the builder. And I'm like, oh, like what should a new builder do, a new marketer do at a builder if they're the only person and it's their first like say their first month, they're trying to take over things that were left in place. So they're picking up like where the previous marker left off, but like, how do they quickly get up to speed on like just culture and like, Oh, I feel like we need to do this, but like, it's all new for them. So I guess this is just open conversation of the, of the conversation that I had. So other than like the basics, like you just need to, one, you need to get familiar with the data of the builder as far as like, Hey, these are these communities. These communities are working. Here's what their metrics look like on an analytics. Say, so just thinking about like, hey, we have this problem community. Here's the page views and just kind of working backwards on like, oh, this, there's something off here. Um, but outside of that, like, what, what do you guys think would be something that the new marketer should do when they are first hired at a builder? They should go back and listen to. Yes. Insert insert episode number here where we where we started. broke down those steps in. in, in oh. for, I think it was episode eighty something. Well, I feel like we did talk about it sometime. Yeah, yeah, recently. we did. Yeah. We did all that whole episode. <laughs> yeah, but Perfect. I think the the one thing on top of that, which we we touched on briefly in that episode, would definitely be just don't fall into the trap of whatever is squeaking the loudest or where everyone's pointing. You know, mm, you, gotcha. you, you see a new person get stuck in their head spinning because, oh my gosh, we got to get all this collateral paperwork up to date. It's been, you know, months before since anyone's updated it. And that is not obviously nope. where you need to start with your time or, hey, we want to be involved in all of these local events in the park. <laughs> we need a booth. You know, it's just <laughs> so awful. easy to get yeah. trapped into yes. all the incoming requests or to be led by a manager who you obviously want to please as you're starting, who, who says without mm-hmm. any knowledge of the data speaking to this, we really need to solve this problem. And without, to your point, Andrew, knowing what the data is telling you. Yeah, what's normal. Yeah. You, you don't know how yeah. to push back appropriately or, or know where the real problem is. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. the hardest part, and I think it depends on why you're the new marketer at the builder, like was the previous person let go? for whatever reasons, or was it just circumstantial? There was just time that they, they moved or something, because if you're taking over someone's role because they were not performing or it was a more negative reason, you're almost to me, at least my personality and my thought would be like, Oh, like what they have currently is not like that. We don't want that anymore because that's not working. And they got fired because this, that I'm taking over what I'm inheriting led them to get fired essentially. Right. There might um, be salvageable pieces of it that you could take from and build Or it may upon. have nothing to do with results either. Or, it, I mean, that's yeah. what most of my career when I've either had to let somebody go. And this is an old, old saying that Miranda used to have when I was there. I remember it because I was, I was young and impressionable at the time. But they said, hey, Kevin, really, you only get fired for the two S's here, sex and stupid. And I was <laughs> like, oh, okay. So yeah, don't have sex with people. That, that'll get you fired. And too stupid will get you fired. And it's like, well, tell me more about stupid because I'm not worried about the sex part. Tell me about the stupid part. And they're like, well, you're an idiot. And I was like, huh? They go, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're doing all the right things with the right attitude that we're asking you to do, 
it's really hard as a manager to fire that person, or it's at least harder. If someone is annoying yeah. and confrontational and has a bad attitude and they have bad results or even good results, that's when you know you actually have a good manager. When the results are good, but the attitude is bad, cut that quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that may just be my own experience, but most of the time I haven't worried as much about taking over because I've just assumed that it's more of a personality attitudinal issue that caused that other person to be fired. Because you really have to start in terms of what's broken and what's not, assuming nothing. If you come in assuming everything's broken or assuming everything's been great, like yeah, someone might imagine. tell you, hey, we were, we were really sad to lose Francine. I'm saying I'm using that name because I don't know anyone named Francine. <laughs> we were really sad to lose Francine, but you know, she, had, she went on to bigger and better things and she was just amazing. You know, they might tell me that. I'd still, I'm not going to apply any filter at all or any bias as I start looking at the, at the information in front of me. To do so either way would be not helpful, I don't think. Makes sense. Good. Yep. Good talk. Good talk. <laughs> have I talked about, you guys can see the show note here. Have I talked about this before? I don't think love. I have. I feel like it's a song no. lyric. Okay, awesome. So someone that we were working with wanted to add a tagline to their company. They don't, they don't have a tagline as part of their okay. brand. And their first question was, do you think that's useful? And I think it absolutely is. It's a rallying point for both a customer, prospect, and your internal employees, employees to know really what you stand for in mm-hmm. a succinct sense. And at Heartland, when I was there, our tagline was just Pittsburgh's number one custom home builder. But then go. inevitably, the question would be, well, what does custom mean? And so yeah. we had to have the, the supporting statement to say, well, that means three things to us. It means that we're not going to style and design. We're not going to let you build anything that's, that's either ugly or unsafe. The ability <laughs> to personalize what's important to you. If it's important to you, it's important to us. And we use the highest quality materials we can. For instance, we're a total Kohler home. We use Anderson windows. And so the tagline was like the starting point that led into these three supporting facts that were easy to rattle off. Each one had a supporting logical or example piece to it. So I think it's great. And and that just got me thinking about the tagline experience that I had at Heartland. So when I got there, they had just run a large TV and radio campaign to increase brand awareness. And they had worked with an outside agency to develop a new tagline and logo. And the logo was put in place and kept, but they couldn't end up using the tagline because the day or within the week that this new campaign launched, that was Heartland Homes for the love of your life. And so the word love was throughout the brand. The the domain was loveheartland.com at the time. So love was this emotion that they wanted to, to put throughout everything. Well, within that same week, uh, KY Jelly also came out with a new okay. tagline that no one could have foreseen or known was going to happen. But those t- television ads also started running in the same week. And so... That tagline obviously had to disappear. Everything had to be retooled and redone. All this happened before I got there, but this was like two months after. And that might be why that person was no longer there, or at least part of the reason. But I think taglines are useful tools. You want to make sure, obviously, that they're not being used by anyone else in any conceivable space that might overlap or even not overlap if it's a negative connotation. So do your research, do your homework, and also make sure it's true to who you really are. So again, back to Miranda in Columbus, anyway, in Columbus, Ohio, we updated the tagline to say at Miranda Homes, you get more. And in parentheses, it said more space, more value. And I remember someone looking at it and saying, well, why don't we add quality to that? And I was like, currently, we can't do that. That's not, that's not who we are. 
And they just kind of, oh, yeah, okay. That makes sense. But you got to be true to who you are currently, what your customers and, and frontline salespeople are telling you the impression is. But also you can move the needle. So obviously you have to say, this is where we are. This is where we want to get to. And if the whole company is committed to getting to that point, you can, you can adjust you know, and stretch to where you want to go. But you can't stretch too far too fast or things just won't, won't connect. For sure. Yeah. I think one of, do you have any favorite taglines, builder or not builder? I don't have favorites, but I think there is a, well, that's, that's, I think, I think one of my uh, superpowers is that if I hear a tagline, in fact, my kids and I play this game in the car on long road trips, I will say a tagline and they have to tell me the brand or you say the brand and you have to say the tagline. This could be a legitimate game. It is actually, there's, there's there's a a game, there's a board game called, I think it's called the brand. Or whose um, tagline is it anyways? <laughs> game. That'd be good. Uh, it goes into colors and shapes. L- logo. Sorry. Logo, okay. the board game. Yeah. Uh, but I, I remember too, Jim Bauer, who was the uh, regional vice president at the time at Mirando when I started. He's like, hey, we're thinking about changing our, our faucet from Moen to Price Fister. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. He goes, what do you know about Price Fister? I said, well, the only thing I know is it's the faucet with the funny name. And he's like, interesting. What's the tagline for Moen? And I was like, buy it for looks, buy it for life. He's like, no kidding. Like, you think this has an impact? And I like how people think about this stuff. Yeah, those just always, always have stuck in my brain. That's true. Interesting. Good. I don't, Good. I don't think I have a favorite. I am biased to the ones that overcome the specific objection or get an objection out of the way. Like Smuckers is, is one of my favorite examples. It's, it's a terrible sounding brand name when you think about it. And so yes. they led with, with a name like Smuckers, it has to be good. Those kind of, <laughs> of taglines that kind of outright yeah. say, this is probably what your initial reaction is, but you should think this way are, are in particular one of my favorite approaches to this. Okay. End Love of story it. time, I think. On to the End news. And let's just start real quick with, uh, and this, you know, we record a little bit in advance. So by the time you hear this, you may all be in your bunker hiding <laughs> from said coronavirus. Yeah. Mm. But- it's out there. Pandemic levels, maybe. Uh, people scared. I was, I was telling everyone before we hit the record button that, you know, right now, if you go on Amazon uh, and try to order ibuprofen, you're, you're not getting it uh, anytime soon. I know in, a lot of people haven't been able to get face masks for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, even, even latex gloves are in short supply in places like China. Oh so do I think that we're all going to die and this is a zombie apocalypse? Absolutely not unless you're very old or you already have a weakened immune system or respiratory issues are a concern for you. I mean, it's, it is greater mortality rate than influenza, but we also don't know exactly what it is yet. And it's certainly nothing like SARS or, or H1N1, uh, the b- bird flu yeah, uh, or, or Ebola as I, I mean, Ebola, whatever you think about Trump, forward. I thought this was hilarious. There's a news conference and someone was comparing Ebola to this, and, and Trump said, "Well, no, you you disintegrate with Ebola. <laughs> this is not like you get Ebola, you're dead." And I just thought that was, uh, was you disintegrate. I feel like I remember watching about Ebola in like high school science. Like it was just right when they yeah. didn't want to teach, and they showed these weird videos about. It. I'm like, okay, this is weird. Yeah, and like, I, that's I think awful. the more interesting analogy to what may or may not happen with coronavirus is uh, looking at. Uh, consumer behavior immediately following 9-11. So yeah. when no one was on an airplane mm-hmm. uh, intentionally or, or 
you may not even, they may not have, they didn't fly for a couple of days afterwards either. Uh, travel just stopped. Everyone kind of hunkered down. What did that do? And I was in college, so I'm not sure how that affected home builders. But what I do know is they didn't have the internet the way they, they have now. And so that's really yeah. where I want to shift this to is like your baby Yoda memes have, have always said, oh, Andrew, like love it. no, no it surprises you shall have, right? You just don't want to be surprised. <laughs> and so is it worth fretting about? No. But is it worth no. us talking about it for 10 minutes and maybe giving you some ideas? Yes, yeah. I think it is. So, so one example is brush off the concept of a, a virtual or a live streamed model tour. Um, if, if people are less likely to go into congregated spaces or to do non-essential travel, are they still going to continue shopping for a home? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But they're going to be doing yeah. it online. Uh, making sure that you have uh, contingency plans in place, which you need anyway, for things like vacations and babies when they come around uh, for an online salesperson. You, one of the things Mike and Jen have talked about from the beginning is the need to have a backup plan to cover that person should they need to be out for vacation, sickness, or or maternity leave. Same idea is an extra half of a person or someone who can shift some of their time to uh, should additional interest show show up online to be able to handle that. Having, like I said, virtual events of any kind uh, could be a tactic that is helpful in, in allowing people to learn more, making sure your content that they're looking at. So uh, of course, it's everything set around online, but thank goodness we have <laughs> everything mm-hmm. online because I don't think there's going to be a long-term effect to this, but there might be a short-term disruption where your foot traffic, which has been abnormally high right now, may dwindle a bit. All those sound like things that pockets. we should have done anyways. So yeah. it's exactly. just like the catalyst yeah. to like really be able to get the support needed to maybe push some of those projects through. What do you think about planning events in the next month or two? Still probably too early to like, eh, maybe let's delay that. Or yeah, like, well, they haven't, not, uh, let's re- they haven't canceled the Olympics yet, but that, that's been a big question because the Olympics are scheduled to be yeah. held in Japan. Who that just announced catalyst that all the like, kids... In Japan, organic. don't have to go to school until April now. They have Whoa. the entire month of March off wow. because of concerns around the virus. So this is, this is again, I, I don't think it's not about you personally are, are in risk of death, anyone listening to this, unless you're listening to it in a nursing home, then, then you might need to be concerned. Be. Yeah. Um, it's really just about consumer behavior and irrational overreaction to headlines that you're seeing. Yeah. And and what potentially that could that could do to your marketing efforts? It's it's just something to to have contingency plans to think through briefly at least. Feels like it could get like how we get down here when there's hurricanes, like exactly. prior to yes. the hurricanes, like just weird behavior. Yes. Is, none of it's rational. Like <laughs> hurricane's supposed to hit next, say on Saturday. Today's mm-hmm. today's Thursday. Monday, the gas would be like start to get empty. Like, and you're like, I can't get gas anywhere. Like, why? Like, we have until Saturday. It's just weird. But then everything's okay. Like, typically, I mean, not always, but we're pretty much good. Then the food, but it's like, you see other people start to do things. You're like, there's no water at the store now. Huh, I guess I should get water from somewhere. And then it's that, I think that's when, like, the behavior could get weird. Like, who knows? We'll see. But then everyone's fine in the end. Like, everyone's okay. Sure. And that's the other thing that I've had a couple people already ask me this past week is the stock market currently, uh, as mm. of recording, is down around 2,500 points in total from its high as a percentage. I think it's uh, it's right around 10% drop in the last three, three and a half days. 
And so there is some of these questions now about like, oh, well, we were already concerned there might be a, a second half slowdown to the year. Now the stock market's going down. In fact, the CEO of Toll Brothers was on uh, an interview. I think it was a CEO. It was someone from Toll Brothers was on with Jim Cramer on Mad Money. And they were like, Kramer. yeah, we're concerned people might stay on the sidelines for a little bit longer if the market's down. We're not concerned about the virus necessarily directly. We're concerned about the economic impact if the stock market drops and people with disposable income say, we're just going to withhold making a decision for a little while. Mm-hmm. And so again, this goes back to why the show is called Market Proof Marketing. If you're doing all the right things and you know what's working and, and what doesn't work and how to analyze that data, no sweat and not, nothing really to fear. But I still don't think with the shortage of housing that we have, and this again, uh, in 2008, 2008, 2009, you could see it it looked like a straight line down in terms of your own website traffic. Like people just didn't even go to a a builder's webpage. There was no one searching, no one looking online. And I don't think that's going to be the same thing where there will still be people out looking and shopping and purchasing. But we might have to get back to the point of having to sell. To, to actually sell, to actually market well, which isn't a bad thing if, if your company is one of the ones who can do that. Right now, there's definitely froth where Andrew, you and I both got an email. And I think Becca, you're on there too, where it, this neighborhood that a builder in Texas was struggling with for months suddenly just sold 11 homes in the last yes. <laughs> week and a half. Like, like, what in the world? The, like, the market is definitely... Yeah. I'm like, did uh, I read this correctly? You yeah, said 11, it, right? Exactly. So, so none of that is necessarily a bad thing at all. So from bad news to good news, (laughs) at least for us, Facebook has announced changes to their audience network. And this, I think my initial reaction right away to this, when Facebook sent us it, it, there will be a, a link to Facebook's own help center, but, but our contact there gave us a heads up. This was coming down the pike and Andrew, they're turning off what? They are. So if you know the placements, you know that Facebook has slowly over the the years been adding more placements. So essentially more places to put your ads. So they have more inventory to Mm -hmm. sell. Um, So if you elect to use automatic placements, what they're doing is they're removing from the audience network, the in-stream videos or websites. And there's an, there's another one. I feel like there was three. It's mobile, any, any mobile mobile audience, audience placement as well as in stream and they didn't give a concrete reason why they just said to make things better but we all know what that really means it means those sucked those sucked and they, were, they were terrible <laughs> which for fortunately for 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 probably most people listening they weren't really utilizing much of those and then like with the ad formats we definitely push like they're not you will not be on there as much if you're listening in and like kind of know what we're saying here but if you do get those refund notices at the top, they're yes. essentially getting rid of sites, the placement that would cause those refunds. Yeah. Yeah. So then where, maybe that gives more context. Like they don't want to yep. have to do that anymore because they're junk sites essentially. Yep. Yeah. The spammy traffic, spammy mm-hmm. views, accidental clicks, all, all these issues. And that's why we've always hated this, but yeah. you know, and it's, it's not, the people at Facebook, but the higher ups are, or the pro is like, no, you need to keep pushing this button, letting us serve the ads everywhere. 
they do as a quote unquote best practice. And so I just felt extremely vindicated when they're like, yeah, we're finally going to kill that thing that we've been nagging you guys to do. And we've been (laughs) continuing to say like, no, there's really no point to see that they're, they're, and I, I think there's going to be continued removal of additional ones. Facebook doesn't have truly an inventory issue other than potentially around the election. Uh, when politicians are putting in, you know, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars in ad buys yeah. on top of the normal thing. But again, we see, we generally still prices are the same or lower for mm-hmm. most people than they were a year ago. And mm-hmm. so they don't, they don't need all this extra inventory. They need, they need to find a way to continue to drive results, but they can also afford to, as shh, don't listen to this Facebook, if you're, if you're listening. Um, but they need they need to for their own benefit probably drive up the the price per click that that they generally are charging. Yeah, I think they I think they could. Yeah, I was I don't know if any of this is true, but I think it's interesting. In one of the Facebook groups I am in, do you remember the campaign manager's name for for Donald Trump's campaign? He was I on don't, speed, but I, I remember CNN. the guy who was on sixty Minutes or yeah, yeah. Good yeah, yeah, yeah. bald mm-hmm. head. I follow him on Instagram just to see if he says anything interesting. He doesn't say anything interesting, but he was at. <laughs> I think it's Brad. It's and Brad. he's not yeah. interesting because you can't remember his name. There we go. Brad Parscale. Well, his I see his name on Instagram. It's just Parscale, his last name. So I'm like, what is his name? It's not Parscale, but it's Brad Parscale. He was at a conference in Vegas that I won't say his name because I don't really like him, but it, a conference he it was a part of. And this guy went to dinner with him and like some of these other people they paid some stupid money for. And Brad was saying that the election coming up, they're going to be spending over a billion on just wow. like what you said. Like just, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, so that will, it'll be interesting to see what prices do and just how it works yep. for the election. And I'm like, I think we dollars. mentioned this briefly on a previous episode, but in just, just to reiterate, we are seeing just a lot of quirks generally in the system right now. Oh, a lot yeah. of bugs that are a coming lot. and going. That's just, yeah. that's kind of par for the course, but it seems to be a little bit higher than it has been. But the other thing is approval times, especially if manual review is needed. So if your ad is rejected, outright by the machines for all kinds of crazy reasons. And I think we told the example of someone was accused by the machine of trying to promote alcohol use, (laughs) even though there was no shots of alcohol in the video whatsoever, but the machines denied it because it looked like people might be having too much fun. Alcohol must be around somewhere. We've also had ads before get denied, you know, people in bathing suits showing too much skin, all that kind of stuff. So for any reason your ad gets denied by the robots, Clicking manual review, you could be waiting two to four days. And so what that means is when you're trying to fix something and it's getting rejected, you might have multiple days where you are essentially down trying to get that reapproval. The other thing is if you're trying to run an ad for an event, you're going to have to start thinking a little bit more advanced to be safe to make sure that your ad is, is fully live and active within the time frame that you need it to be to, to promote that event. So, you know, one of the great things about digital has been the ability to react fast. And that's still mostly true, but especially something event related, don't wait to 48, 48 to 72 hours before to turn that on. You can load ads in advance, get them approved, and then either turn them off or just have them scheduled to start at the date that you need. If you've got a parade of homes or something like that coming up and you've got multiple ads that you're running, not a bad idea to do that. I would also add that you need to check them like you on your normal morning checks because mm-hmm. we've also seen ads that have been running for several weeks. The bots just 
shut them down and then you yeah. have to do the you look, you look at the change history yeah and it just <laughs> says facebook, facebook yeah. turned it off it's like what yeah. what does that mean what does this mean suspicious link and it's the same link that's been there the whole time and it's yeah. a solid website so or conspiracy theory here i think <laughs> I like if they had got someone who wants to spend a lot of money i wonder if they are not just turning people off to to oh. override the algorithm so if they've made a truly fair algorithm and yet they know that should be determining who sees what. And if they know that someone wants to spend a billion dollars, wait a minute, this, we just got to kind of, I, I don't know. It's interesting. So yeah. the reason this all came up originally was because of the mention of the election. The other thing I would not be surprised to see if you live in a state that is part of Super Tuesday, I would not be surprised to see your total deliverability of ads take a slight dip. It's not going to probably shut off altogether. But again, We've never really hit inventory issues before in Facebook and Instagram, but this election season may be different. And so again, just like with coronavirus, all this might be more severe. Come, come October, November, if 80% of your, of your Facebook, Instagram traffic went away due to ad availability being low, what does that do for you? And what do you need mm. to adjust? One thought is maybe pre-spend earlier in September, try to gain that momentum and then circle back around. I'm not going to give away too much else right now, but we are working on some other ideas to try to, to try to counteract that for for our builder partners. (laughs) Sounds good. All right. Moving on to the next one from digiday.com. How a newly won partnership in France could signal Google's broader TV ambitions. Yeah. This one was interesting. Yeah. Give, give us the quick summary and then I'll, I'll, We'll share our thoughts. Yeah. So essentially Google won this. Did they win it or they, they just did the proposal and the proposal leaked? Um, I forgot yeah. the conclusion. The, to have the architecture, to have the algorithm, to have the computer system to do the ad delivery for TV. Mm-hmm. Yep. So essentially yeah. they're selling TV ads, YouTube, yep. and Google. I feel like, again, this used to be a thing not too long ago. Maybe yeah. it was with radio. I think it was with radio, actually. Google for a while did what iHeartRadio now does where you could basically create and bid on radio space just like you would anything else. I remember experimenting with this. I feel like it was maybe 2011, 2012. This is where definitely things are going in that the only way for TV to survive is to offer more of what is available through Facebook and Instagram in terms of targeting, in terms of the shared data set, the over-the-top box, you know, is is a device that doesn't change. You might have multiple users using it in the household at different ages, uh, different interests, but that device is is easy to track and know who, who's looking at what. And combining that data with data that Google and or Facebook and Instagram have seems like a kind of the last way that it can that medium can can truly survive in terms of ad dollars. I wonder how the changes in Ad cookies is going to impact that. So very interesting that you should say that. And I, even though we talked about it in the news last week, it really didn't hit me until I went back to my bank's website this past week, logging in to see how much money I lost from the stock market. I'm just kidding. I wasn't doing that. <laughs> but I was like, you know, son of a gun, I've got to put in this security code to make this a trusted browser a lot more often. And then it hit me that the correlation between those two things. Mm-hmm. It used to be if I went to my bank's website on my computer, you know, 
within like the next month, if I went back, it still remembered who I was and I didn't have to do the extra code from my phone or, you know, remember who my high school prom date was or what my favorite <laughs> restaurant in college was, all these crazy questions. And now I'm doing it like every single time I go back to the bank's website, it feels like. And it's because like you're saying that cookie reset yeah. that has such a short time period, yeah, which is going to dramatically, I think, even more so than I talked about in the news segment, it's going to dramatically impact how remarketing as a strategy works for builders. Yep. Yep. It also, I'm going to, I'm going to put this out in the world, even though um, it's something we're going to be looking at again. If you remember call rails, uh, dynamic number, mm -hmm. um, yeah. one of the big problems with that was it essentially switched from a last click attribution method to a first click. And that number wouldn't change after a user went to it. Well, now if that's getting reset every 48 hours ish, maybe that's not so bad anymore as a practice. It's, it's getting closer to last click, if that makes sense. Like it's mm -hmm. going to get the last part of the customer journey within the 48 hour period. And in theory gets reset. So there's going to be a whole lot of things as this continues to, to roll out across more and more devices and browsers that are going to impact how remarketing as a strategy needs to be done. I think that's uh, that's a great point. But back to the back to the article itself. I just think as the streaming wars heat up, <laughs> th there's no doubt in my mind anyway that Netflix will not at some point come out with a lower cost commercial option. So hey, you know what? We've got this huge library. Uh, your price is going to go up by another five to ten dollars, or we're going to roll out a, a Disney Plus priced option, six ninety nine, eight ninety nine a month. But you're going to get one two commercials every half hour. Do you think they would ever do it free? I don't think they would ever do it free uh, other than a prolonged uh, short trial period. But here's the deal. This is where I think either, either Facebook or Google need to be the one providing that inventory. So mm -hmm. that, that's the trick, right? If you mm -hmm. could, yep. you know, like right now you can do that with Hulu. You can do that with, with individual over the top services. You can do that with some audio streaming services, but it really should be built into one of these two main platforms. But that would be a game changer. If suddenly you could run ads to people watching Netflix yep. through the same, with the same or better now, because now you know who they are targeting. I think that's a game changer. The only, the only, the only yeah, downside for that Facebook. for home builders for both, I think for Netflix, because they'd get a ton of shared revenue from that, the ad dollars flowing in. Mm -hmm. The downside for home builders is we've talked about this before the, the, you know, any type of advertising is essentially a tax on poor people who can't afford to pay for Netflix to avoid the ads. For example, like if you still watch normal TV, it's because maybe you can't afford Netflix, but if you can, you're, you're willing to pay the one to $10 a month to get rid of all the ads. And so other than first time buyers, that still may not. Anyway, we're, we're yeah, talking through a lot, work. Of, a lot here, but yeah, that'd be interesting yeah. though. It is interesting to see how, how TV continues to try to save itself as more and more people are catching on to the lack of attention. Like it's, it's on, but it's on in the background. There's multiple yeah. screens mm -hmm. and we, we probably want to be investing in the screen that has primary attention, not secondary attention. For sure. Totally not related to this other than I was still blown away when we went to Disney. Uh, they did not have <laughs> Disney plus in the rooms. Did you like, did you expect that when, cause you were there in December, I was there in January, like, um, and we stayed at the contemporary, which is like right there by magic kingdom. Like, so let's like 
the hotel, right? You can walk walk into it. I'm like, why is there not Disney Plus on on the TV? I'm sure there's uh, some big reason like we can't do that yet. But I'm like, this is how you like every bus had like it seemed like a wrap for it. Um, at least when we were there, I'm like, why is this is so weird? I feel like they should have a super secret special Disney plus plus in the rooms. Yeah. Disney plus plus. Yes. Disney plus plus plus. Yeah. Like, well, there's no doubt in my mind still that at some point there will be a Disney plus fast pass. That's better than any other fast pass. There's, there's yes. no doubt that that's going to come <laughs> at some point, but I, d- I didn't notice that because whenever I travel with my family somewhere, you throw a fire stick in the, in the suitcase and you plug it into wherever you're at. See, right? just, just that. You just, you, that's got to follow you wherever you go as a mm. parent today. So I wouldn't have known if, if it was there or not, but I am surprised that, that they didn't, I guess they must not have the devices to drive it. That's gotta be. It's not a single channel. They could just turn on, right? No, it's gotta, it's gotta be something like that. Yeah. I'm like, this is the like tech. the perfect, like everyone here should be a Disney plus member. And if they're not, this should be the thing that convinces them yeah. to be. Yeah. Oh, well. Okay. Mm-hmm. They, they should at least have the Mandalorian series playing on demand. Yeah. If, if not, nothing else. I know, right? Or in lines and yeah. For all those sad people who can't spend the six ninety nine to be a member. I know. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Moving on to the next one. Another article uh, from Facebook talking, well, the headline is boost liquidity and Ooh. work smarter with machine learning. Liquidity. liquidity. It, it sounds like a financial uh, stock it makes them sound really smart, article, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. this was an article that originally came out back in March of 2019. Mm-hmm. And yet what's really interesting is uh, when Andrew found it and posted it in here and, and offered it up to the show note uh, goddess named Thais as a, something we should include. <laughs> and I was, yeah. I was browsing through the, the list. I was like, the first thing that hit my mind is, and we'll go back through it, but... To reach your goals, this is a subheadline in the article. To reach your goals, machines need room to work. And almost verbatim, that's that's a line that we've used on different collateral wow. material we've made for builder partners who need to explain how this works to others. Like that exact same thing. In fact, Jackie used to create a little clip art of a sad robot, like <laughs> because you've constrained it too much. <laughs> and so again, this is awesome. both news, but also internal validation that for some reason we want to share with you <laughs> of everything we've been telling you for the last who knows how long about how machine learning and artificial intelligence in particular with Facebook and Instagram need to work. So anything else in terms of the article as a whole, Andrew, that you, yeah, you wanted I think to it's, make? It's something you definitely just go in and read it because I think most people have not read like the more formal pieces that Facebook puts out. So it's just good to get Especially if you don't like, so we, we have like a, a certain level of rep, you know, there's different rep types with Facebook. So I feel like we get a lot of this knowledge and insights from them, but I think most do not because they're not like, they don't, they just don't have that opportunity. So it's, it's just an interesting seeing their language and then liquidity. It's to me, it's interesting that supports, they'll use words like this to mm-hmm. support automatic placements as far yeah. as like mm-hmm. the liquidity of placements to optimize machine learning. Yes. And get, so yeah. they use it to like also push like their agenda that they want. And then they, of course, like, Hey, that was kind of that portion of the placements was a mistake. Um, yep. But in talking with our rep about this, like their biggest thing they try to remind is that there are the placements and some placements are not what you might want, but you have to keep in mind 
they're going after a Facebook user ID, like a person, right. but not a not a name, but just like ID one two three four five six seven on whatever placement they are on. Right. So it's they're trying to get like, hey, look at the overall thing, not just like break it down. But of course, we still know there's still better placements than others. You could break it down and see like it and analytics. But as long as you set up the AI right, it also knows there are better placements than others. And so correct. Yeah. yeah. That's why at the same time, it's like, who cares? I just want to break down the three main points in real speak, though. So boost liquidity by pairing machine learning within. Basically, and this was an image I think that Dennis O'Neill took when he was at a Facebook event, which, by the way, Facebook just canceled their main event each year for developers due to coronavirus. Like yeah, today. today. Yep. Okay. Um, but oh my goodness. In that in that image that Dennis t- captured, it showed like the number of AI des- decisions oh, yeah. that are made. It was like and within a day or an hour or something, and it was like billions was of insane. times. Essentially pairing, you know, the right user with the right ad uh, and the right content of that ad. Just all the different decisions that are being made. And so the first point basically is. By allowing this to continue in real time, as fast as the AI can decide to alter, it alters. And that's the perfect example of when you do not want to go up against a machine. As long as the machine is, is truly learning and truly iterating on itself, you'll never be able to keep up as a human being. Oh, so yeah. here we go. Yeah. I found Dennis's tweet from okay. March, May, not, May 1st, 2019. <laughs> 400 trillion, with a T, trillion predictions per day is what Facebook's AI makes. Wow, yeah. So Pretty. trusting in that is is bullet point one yeah. when it says boost liquidity. It's talking last about year. Yeah. Yeah. Letting letting the AI make those micro decisions and react to them in real time. Loosen mm-hmm. the reins when striving for liquidity. They, they summarize it by saying broad parameters work best. Yes. For sure. Remain agnostic yes. and let it be broad. And that's yes. where, again, when everyone was freaking out about, oh my gosh, how can they not let us exclude all those um, young people from our age targeted community. Remember one that was never a good practice to do. Yeah. Perhaps most likely against fair housing, but also not necessary as soon as they started letting us use the AI system. And then number three, I think is really interesting again, because I've said this before. I'm amazed at how many people don't understand that the AI is not built in to run like just because you run a Facebook ad does not mean you're truly using the AI in the correct way. You don't yes. just you don't just get it. It's not like ordering a pizza you you get cheese on it. You, you've got to <laughs> you got to do a little bit of setup there. And so it says choosing the right goals or outcomes that you want from your ads is the other piece that really matters. So they said choose the right one, you will be rewarded with a more efficient campaign. Choose the wrong one and you may find yourself off course. And I think that's that's, that's nice. That's a really nice way yes. to put it because it's if really... you're doing 4 trillion calculations and predictions in a day, you may find yourself way off course really fast if you choose the wrong goal or outcome for the AI to be focused on. Yeah. So go, go back and read the article. It's not that long, mm-hmm. but it, it gives a little more context into those three points that we, that we just covered. Yeah, it's a fun one. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Man. Uh, I have a call coming up here with a builder partner and I'm recovering from two days of the flu. So we're going to skip this week's 360 topic of the week. We'll be back with more awesomeness next week and the week beyond. And we're not going to read the answers to last week's question of the week. 
because it was just a fun question. There were a lot of you who said, I need to know more about these positions. So the last week's question of the week is, <laughs> who do you know who should work with the team at Do You Convert? Not as a builder partner, but as an employee, as someone uh, day in and day out working with the ad doctor and Becca and I. Who do you know? It's and a lot of fun. Most it of is. you, everyone except for Brian McCarthy from Abrazo Homes. He answered. <laughs> he was just being. And I love Brian. it. He is. He's giving us a hard time. He he answered with no one. I'm keeping all the good people to myself. <laughs> everyone else just said we need to know more about said positions, and and we probably do. So right now, by the time this episode is live, you should be able to go on the interwebs, in particularly on LinkedIn, and find more information Ooh. about those positions. This week, though. For the new question of the week is, do you feel there is any need to have a plan around the coronavirus? Oh. Yes or no, or not sure yet. Oh, man. And again, what's going to be really interesting is by the time this goes up, if it's either totally already off the news cycle and we've forgotten what the coronavirus even is, <laughs> we'll all be hunkered down listening to uh, podcasts in our, in our cave. That's right. Hoping that the power uh, lasts long enough to finish the episode. A free benefit of working at Do You Convert is you don't have to go outside of your home or wherever That's you're right. going to That's work. That's true. So your <laughs> yeah. uh, people, in-person people interactions per day, that could be an acronym of some, is mine's much lower than, uh, much. so my risk is, is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Other than the cruise we're going on in a couple of weeks, so that oh. I still I don't know. Man. I, it's only two days. It's for, uh, it's a weekend and it's a spring break cruise. I'm like, okay, it's it's only uh, domestic people. I have a prediction that before but, you leave, Lindsay's going to change her mind. Yep, that's my so. prediction. Mm. Yep, she'll be like, "Did we get travel insurance on that?" I'm like, "No, it's a it wasn't <laughs> that, it wasn't that much anyways because it's it's two nights. It's yeah, you know, it's it's not that much. Um, very cheap if you're in Florida to do those like next to nothing." Oh, there you go. We'll find out. Ooh. That'll do it for this week. For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out doconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and everywhere else we are online. And also, don't forget, you can call in with your questions on this episode or any other questions, comments, uh, strange jokes at 404-369-2595. <laughs> you do not have to give away your personal information if you do not want to. That'll do it for us for this week. See you next time. See ya. Bye.